0: brought to you by Charity Mobile the phone company that sends 5% of your monthly plan price to your favorite charity no contracts nationwide coverage risk-free guarantee learn more at charitymobile.com i now have the follow up for you for my story from yesterday about bishop michael olson of the diocese of fort worth arlington or other who put out a who as you know is wrapped up in a big battle with a group of Carmelite nuns in his diocese. As the story goes, their their convent sits on a rather valuable property, something that is key to understanding the story, or at least the accusations in the story. I personally am not saying the bishop is being motivated by a desire, a lust for the nun's property. Many, many people are. And the reason this is being leveled at his feet is because we have been witness to various groups of nuns ranging the ideological spectrum, being crushed by Rome and by local bishops complicit in helping Rome do this so that their assets can be seized, their land sold and turned into strip malls, apartment complexes, housing, you name it. Almost always these nuns that are targeted, their land is extremely valuable. And that just happens to be the case here, with one estimate for their property being at least $22 million in value. And if it's rezoned in a proper way that uh, anybody with lawyers who can lobby the city to rezone the land could do, well, it could be worth many times that. So you have this specter of valuable land hanging over this, and it has led many to suspect that greed is at the heart of this issue. The bishop did release a response. He did it already after I recorded the previous video. I made a, a note in the pinned comment saying he made a response, and I would follow it up with his response. So here we are. It comes. His response is uh, summarized in p- the Pillar Catholic news site. And I'm going to quote it extensively for you here, because, of course, his side of the story should be told in fairness. And as I said in my video yesterday, there are many people who believe who knew Bishop Olson back in his seminary days, who vouched for his integrity and his ethics and everything else. So this is a complicated story. So, here's, so here is how Pillar Catholic summarizes his position, his response to these things. Um, I will say that when reading this, I can it seems to me that Pillar Catholic isn't exactly buying his response either, though, which is interesting because Pillar Catholic is a straight news site. They try not to be biased. They don't. They're not like me. They're not a, a pin, They're not a news commentator who gives you the news with with the views of the person giving you the news. So it's interesting that Pillar Catholics, I think, uh, has a slight bent to this too. But they give the best summary of this. So here we go. They published this again right after I put up my video. So from their article on this quote, Bishop Michael Olson of Fort Worth released a. Video message Sunday evening addressing his interventions at the Carmelite Monastery in Arlington, Texas, saying he would not be drawn into public discussion of the matter too late. The bishop attempted to refute accounts that the convent superior had been heavily medicated when allegedly admitting to sins of the flesh with a priest, while insisting he had no designs or claims on the convent's property. This is a church matter. This is a pastoral matter. This is a spiritual matter, Olson said in the June 11th video, while insisting that efforts by supporters of the nuns to provoke him into publicly defending his interventions in the religious community would not work. Others have tried to draw me into addressing this matter in the inappropriate venues of civil court and also in both social and mainstream media, and I will not do so. Olson also said that these quote others had made quote baseless and false claims about his motives and actions into quote the public mind. Bishop Olson has been locked in a conflict with the nuns of the Carmelite monastery of the most holy trinity for more than a month after initiating a canonical investigation into their abbess. Mother Teresa Agnes for the alleged and the diocese says admitted sins against her vow of chastity which she is supposed to have committed with an unnamed priest end quote. It's worth noting here that the priest remains unnamed. And as you'll see here in a moment, we go into this further, the diocese where the priest is from apparently hasn't released his information either. And no one knows if the, anything about this priest, whether he's a diocesan priest, like a strictly diocesan priest, or if he's part of a religious order or a priestly fraternity, no one has any details about this. And yes, in an ideal world, we would be able to take the words of a bishop at face value, but then again, in that world, we would never have an issue like this. There's, there's some credibility issues here, and one of them is the very fact that he the bishop says he will not be drawn into public debates about this, but he himself made public pictures from inside the convent that are supposed to be just very, very bad for the nuns, including pictures of controlled substances and the equipment used to use controlled substances. Make, making it sound like the nuns had sort of an illicit, illegal side hustle going on, like making them look like they're essentially criminals. It's remarkable. Like, this is the stuff of movies that if you saw a Hollywood movie based on this that was done strictly by the accounts of the bishop side would seem so ridiculous you would walk out of the theater thinking this was just anti-Catholic propaganda. It's amazing what we're seeing here. So he himself put him, put himself into the public eye on this when he made all this stuff known to the public. When he made these weird claims against the purity and chastity of the nun, when he made these claims about the illicit substances, and some other things going on there, alleged to be going on there. When he did that and made those things public, he himself stepped into the public realm on this. This could have been handled very quietly, but it wasn't. Let's continue. Quote, In his video, the bishop said he wanted to, quote, clarify the confusion these claims have caused. Olson stated that he first learned of the supposed admission to a sins of the flesh by the monastery superior, Mother Teresa Agnes Gerlach of Jesus Crucified, in April, and that the admission had been made to the vicar general of the Fort Worth Diocese and to one of the sisters of the monastery. Olson said the prioress had, quote, described the transgression as consensual and made her admissions, quote, with clarity and consistency on four different occasions. The Lawyers for the convent and for Mother Teresa Agnes, both civil and canonical, have said that her supposed admission was made following a serious medical procedure, under the influence of painkillers and when she was in and out of lucidity. Olson said the priors had repeated her admission to him personally on April 24th in the presence of the diocesan chancellor and a sister of the convent, along with the diocesan safe environment coordinator. The bishop claimed that the nun named the priest during the conversation, and that the priest's diocese of residence, his immediate superior, and his bishop had all been informed of the situation. The priest, who remains unnamed, is currently unassigned and not cooperating with the canonical process under the advice of legal counsel, Olson said. It is not clear whether the priest is a member of a religious institute. The bishop said the nun answered his questions, quote, freely and with clarity, and that the conversation, quote, took place in the late afternoon of the day before she had surgery, not after the surgery. She was not under the influence of anesthesia. She was clear and lucid and had normal use of her physical and mental faculties at that time. Claims the contrary are false and baseless and untrue, the bishop insisted. Olson also addressed accusations by the nun's civil attorney, who has claimed the bishop's intervention in the convent is a pretext to seize information about the sister's financial benefactors. Quoting him directly, quote, The donor lists the property and all of the assets of the Carmelite monastery belong to the monastery," said Olson, and are there for the care and sustenance of the Carmelite community of nuns and for their religious mission. Neither I nor the Diocese of Fort Worth have ever made, nor do we now make any claims or resigns to the contrary. The bishop also said communications equipment taken from the convent as part of his investigation had been surrendered, quote, freely and calmly by Mother Teresa Agnes had been copied according to a framework agreed by canonical counsel for both the diocese and the nun, and returned to the monastery several weeks ago. Mother Teresa Agnes's canon lawyer during the process, which resulted in her dismissal from the religious order by Olson on June 1st, was appointed ex officio by the bishop after Olson rejected canonists appointed by the nun as unqualified, including one with years of experience within the Vatican legal practice. End quote. And that's what complicates this. Because she, the nun, has right to legal defense in the church. But the bishop rejected an experienced canonist as unqualified. And that makes this whole thing smell fishy. And the accusations, like I said, are cartoonish. They really are. Or they would be. Except remember the state of things in the church. We live in a time where we should be able to laugh off or, be, or find reprehensible any claims against the integrity of a priest. Who are committing sins against the flesh but we don't live in that time and we haven't for a very very long time because there has been a coordinated diabolical attack on the church for a very very long time using the flesh as its Avenue for attack to the degree that many had have for whatever reason become convinced that it's not the the issue isn't that the quality of men and their formation and their sort of spiritual life like The spiritual rigor of their lives isn't what we should be concerned about, that it's rather the disciplines of the flesh that we should be concerned about, that we should loosen all those up, make the priesthood and religious life more worldly as a result. That's the time we live in, and that's why there are a lot of lingering questions about this. I make no accusation against the nun. I make no accusation against the bishop, although I will say I find the bishop's account of things odd. Especially since he has dismissed the, tried to dismiss the canon lawyer who is defending the nun as being unqualified. Because if he has years of Vatican legal experience, he probably isn't unqualified. Now, the reaction to this story is, as you might expect, humorous to say the least. Um, over on Twitter, Rorate Chaley writes in response to this, quote, The land on which the Arlington Carmel sits must be worth a fortune. Being a huge area right in the middle of Dallas-Fort Worth, the most dynamic metro area in the country this whole mess must be just a coincidence. And where's the lie? After all, people can say that real estate's not part of this, but virtually every case of the Vatican and local bishops going after religious orders in recent years, the real estate holdings of those religious orders has come into play. They just do. Because land is very valuable at a time when people are giving less and less money to the institutional church. They're giving less and less money to the institutional church because people's trust in their bishops, in the Pope, in the Roman Curia, all of it has been destroyed. It's been destroyed through a decade now of just naked heresy coming from the Vatican and many bishops remaining silent in the face of it or being complicit. And, in dec- and now three decades... Of it being widely known that there are a core cadre group of men in the priesthood who are not fit to be priests. Many of them became bishops, and they preyed on the most vulnerable. That be, that is public knowledge. So a lot of people don't trust the bishops and the priests enough to donate money to the church anymore. Or if they do, they donate to their. They find ways to donate to their parishes in ways that dioceses can't touch. And so land is valuable because it can solve a lot of financial problems. Plus, frankly, chancery offices are getting larger and larger with the bureaucracies, which cost money. They just are. There are some weird positions now showing up in a lot of these places. Money is an issue at, at the heart of this, whether anybody wants to admit it or not. Now, others have noted that Bishop Olson himself opened Pandora's box by publicly making accusations against the nuns himself, again, while not naming the priest involved, if there's an accusation against the, a pri- involving a priest, he should be named. He really should be. That way he can defend himself, and we can look at the veracity of this claim. <sighs> Bishop Olson opened himself up to these by showing pics of the equipment required to use controlled substances and substances themselves. I'm not going to show them on YouTube because they actually violate the terms of service on YouTube as far as I know, so I'll just make oblique references to them here. But they're, they're the kind of equipment and substances used that have become, in the recent years, widely legal anyway in many states. I haven't bothered to check Texas's laws on these, but I would be surprised if they didn't have at least uh, made the stuff legal for medical use anyway. Now, there's a claim of that nature against the nuns here, which had absolutely unequivocally, it has to be true if he's going to be making the claim, because if it's not true or if he's making it sloppily based on the testimony of internet trolls, and that is an absolutely wicked and evil thing to do. So, I would hope... That Bishop Olson took due diligence in before making these claims. If he hasn't, then shame on him. But if th- this stuff is true, then the, then we need clarity from the nuns. So I'm going to ask you now, you watching this, who do you believe? Do you think are you like me, just flabbergasted by this whole thing? Do you think that we should be getting? We need to get more information from the bishop and the nuns involved, including the names of the priest who's alleged to be involved, uh, the. Quality of the, the nuns' lawyers. Do you find it odd that the, the nuns lawyered up in the secular realm? Given that, as you were, if you watched my previous video on this, you know that the, uh, the nuns are actually protected by state law because they are a, non, a state registered nonprofit institute. And as such, the authority in the secular realm of the diocese is limited to non existent. And so they're trying to use that to protect themselves from the bishop. You find that to be a schismatic act, by the way. I haven't seen anybody make that accusation, but I'm curious if you think that applies here. Let me know what you think of all this in the comments, please. And please pray for the bishop and the nuns for, and everybody involved in this, including anybody bothering to comment on it. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. I have to share this on social media. That helps, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.